Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, we're loaded up today. Plenty around the old football discussion with Mickey Joseph. We'll hear from Coach Mick in a uh, little bit. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic in about 20 minutes. A new top three for Bruce Feldman with the Nebraska coaching opening. Some NFL power rankings, FPI, where has Nebraska fallen with the win projection? And uh, we'll also spend time. He's going to help us enjoy our bye. Uh, Matt Schick will join us from Schick and Nick and ESPN National. Numbers for you to get involved can join us today on Hale Varsity Radio, 466 3776 466 3776 toll free where you can hear us across the state 1 800 825 5865. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And also can watch us here. We're streaming a couple of different outlets for you the Hale Varsity Twitter at H Varsity Radio. Uh, you can watch us there on StreamYard, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, ESPN Lincoln Facebook. Your comments are welcome. And as always, the YouTube channel for Hale Varsity. You can get the archived materials along with the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So are you looking forward to the bye week or are you missing football already? I know Oklahoma's uh, result against Nebraska has left you a little sour. Uh, no doubt this team needs the buy now, and uh, you can build up and regroup and recalibrate and try and find some some guys that'll do the job, Elijah, because that's ultimately what it is. Nebraska is going to practice tomorrow again, have some time off, and it's going to be a big, uh, big weekend for Nebraska recruiting as coaches will get on the road. Pretty insightful yesterday with George Darlington and Charlie McBride, where uh, they sit on things. Uh, Bill Bush going to have more of that voices, D.C. and Mickey Joseph. I was thinking about, you know, what Nebraska needs. What do they need? Well, they need confidence first and foremost. They need better line play. They need to just have some things go right within their own control, own power. You're a football team that has missed 52, 53 tackles this season through four games okay you're not sacking or getting after the quarterback and you're not stopping the run those are issues defensively and I think Nebraska per what Mickey Joseph had to say and you'll hear it from him 
uh, is going to try and protect that defense with what they do to adjust offensively. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, you've done some good things. You've scored enough points in, in two of the four games to win. Okay, You've done that, but you've got uh, one side of the football that's uh, a work in progress and maybe uh, may so the rest of the season. But when I look at Nebraska and, and this job moving forward, and Mickey was pretty blunt about whether we're here or not, we're going to take care of the program on the recruiting trail, I got to thinking about what Nebraska needs, and that could be on staff here, and that could be out there at a different program right now in a familiar neighborhood that you once lived in. And you need a combination. We know that you need a a builder. You need a developer. You need that as a head football coach and a conscious staff where you can see something nobody else sees and you can develop. And by the time a kid's ready, they can come in and play, get a couple of years with them. And uh, it turns into familiarity for them and then familiarity with what you see uh, when it comes to playing power football. But you also need a bit of a fixer, right? Think of a couple of great fixers out there on the big screen and small screen. You a fan of Michael Clayton, the movie? Not the wideout from Oklahoma? Too soon? Don't think I've seen Michael Clayton, Okay, the movie. You, you were probably playing with G.I. Joe's when it came out. But Michael Clayton, George Clooney, pretty good movie, really good movie. And, and he's, a, he's a, a fixer for a firm and gets caught up and tried to... Be, he almost gets blown up, right? But he ends up uh, having the last laugh. Think of uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Well, how about Mike, the former police officer? A uh, little shady. I'm not endorsing that for Nebraska at all. No, thank you. Or just be <laughs> be clean anyway and, and not get in trouble, <laughs> right? I don't care. But Mike Herman Trout was a big-time fixer. Give, right. give Mike a call with your problem, and you don't have a problem anymore. Right. It gets cleaned up or taken care of. He's gone, right? So those those are two things Nebraska sorely needs. They need a builder and a fixer. And it's kind of the same thing, but I just, I just don't know how far down the program will be by December. I really don't know. I, I think I know where it's headed, but I don't want to... Well, one, be wrong, but two, I don't want to count out these kids with the effort they're going to put in and count out this current staff because I think they'll do everything in their power to, to try and turn it around. I just don't know it's doable. And one thing I almost can guarantee come December is that you're going to have a, a large influx of this Nebraska team going into the transfer portal. That, that's just what the, this era has done. Uh, we saw it last year with coaching changes. That's what happens. Your, your coach leaves, you enter the transfer portal, whether you want to follow him, whether you want to go start afresh, whatever you want to do. There's going to be a lot of roster turnover on this team next season. Next year's team is going to be a, a healthy mix of incoming transfers, freshmen, and the guys that decide to stick around. Um, and next year's team is going to be a weird mishmash, but that is one thing I can guarantee you. I mean, you, you talked about where this program is going to be. I think you were referencing wins and losses, what, what the mood around this program is going to be. And I'm just going to look at it looking specifically. What we see on the field right now as compared to what we're going to see on the field in the spring is going to look completely different. What is the Big Ten have in store for Nebraska? You've been tooth and nail over quite a bit of time in the league and you've not won those close ball games, is it going to flip from close to blowout, right? Is it going to end 
this season similar to how 2017 finished out for, for Riley and where you're just outmatched and overmatched. And it's not that you don't have any fight. You're just not physically capable on the lines of scrimmage to stop anyone or do anything on offense, right? You're, as, as the coaches always like to say, you can't pee a drop. You know, is that what the offense turns into? I don't think so. I think the offense can get creative. Losing A.J. Allen's not good. Absolutely not. But Gabe Irvin had a good fourth quarter, right? He builds on that. He's an option. Uh, you've got uh, Grant that has been tremendous, but he's going to need some more help on the line to to not have minus gains on first down. I mean, you get a fast and physical defense like Oklahoma. They're uh, all right. So he turned seven-yard losses into two-yard losses. Some of those were incredibly spectacular. Let's hear from Mickey Joseph a little bit more here on what happened and why it happened against Oklahoma as uh, Mickey met with the media today. Like I said on Saturday, that's on me. I should have slowed the ball down and huddled and took some possessions away from Oklahoma, and I didn't do that, and that's on me. But they respond. They responded great today. They responded great yesterday. So that's how the team is at mentally, uh, in how their spirit is, right? And they, they've they come back to work at practice, and it's, it's all about fundamentals. But, yeah, Nebraska, OU's tempo is nuts. I mean, Nebraska's not been great at getting – aligned and and getting the assignment down right now that's just a lot of new pieces reality not an excuse you need to be better at it they're working on it but OU's tempo is nuts I mean they were fast they were locked in they looked crisp they looked really really high level uh Mickey's message to the team this week as it is a buy it's a chance to get better well this week you know I challenge the kids to get better this week so our motto this week was Nebraska versus Nebraska. Not worried about Indiana to get ready and to get better as an individual team and to get the uh, fundamentals cleaned up and get better in all three phases of the game. That's a good take. It is Nebraska versus Nebraska. And it's been Nebraska versus Nebraska for quite a while here the last few years. But it's truly Nebraska v. Nebraska as uh, you have um, – Guys that got in, some younger players, and, and they may go young moving forward because what's been here, at least through four games, hasn't gotten it done. And Mickey's job is to motivate, it's to teach, it's to coach, it's to improve. But what about uh, that, that buy-in? All right, things have been turned on its ear. You don't want to lose anybody in that locker room. Keep encouraging them and let them know that I have their best interests at hand, that I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I make them a better football team. I'm going to hold everybody accountable from coaches all the way to players and keep encouraging them that we can get better if we come out and give the effort. But you're right, we got to keep their chins up because they have been through some change. Plenty of change. Uh, Part of that change, not only a head coach, but now a defensive coordinator. Let's hear from Mickey. He was asked about Coach Chenander and his decision to move on. Chen's a good man and a good coach. But the numbers didn't add up. I didn't see us getting better. You know, for four weeks, I didn't see us getting better from week one to week four. So, you know, I had to make a decision, the best decision for the kids because it's about the boys. So I had to make the best decision for the boys. Ed will 
hear from Mickey in just a moment on how uh, that defense can can get better. Shane's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Shane in Columbus. Shane, thanks for calling. Yeah, Chris. Uh, NU football is covered by 30-plus media members, which is more than some pro football teams. Uh, Michael Severe recently had a rant mm-hmm. where he was stating that uh, Frost is showing up late for some practices. He's not calling on recruits. Assistant coaches were complaining to the athletic director. What I want to know is, how did this go on without us knowing about it? Well, uh, it's it's one thing to hear rumor. It's another thing to hear innuendo. And none of us are physically present there. Now, a lot of us have different right. sources, right? But none of us are in that right. locker room. So I'm going right. to talk about the ball game. I'm going to talk about different aspects of it. And if you want to go gossip or juicy, we can go there as well. But to be honest with you, Shane, I really don't give a damn. It's if, if he's so I, I, I don't I mean, that's not my job to be pissed off at Scott Frost if he's late to a meeting. That's it's his former right. athletic director and it's his current athletic director's job to make sure he's doing his job. Clearly, he wasn't. He got released. Yeah. And I wonder if that's, you know, what Trev meant in the, in the presser where he's like, you know, we've got to have some accountability and this is bigger than Clearly. one man. Well, yeah, just read, and, read uh, into it. I mean, you can absolutely read into what was said without stomping on the guy. Trev's got to tread lightly because you can't, as much as you want to crucify somebody for what they did or didn't do, you still got to look yeah. like a class act or be a class act to get the next hire or keep the next hire. Yeah, and I wanted Frost to make it. You know, I listened to that opening press conference when he was hired numerous times, and you know, it just didn't work out. And 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 I'm past it and everything. It just it's just too bad that it's a possibility that he didn't put as much into this as he should have. Well, it, that there is that possibility. Again, I was not side by side with him, and everyone's got a boss. If someone's not doing their job, it's the boss's job to make sure they're doing their job. Yeah, and I think we got that guy now. I think you absolutely got that guy. I think, quite frankly, if you would have had Trev Alberts instead of Bill Moose, you probably have a better Scott Frost. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, great to to hear your opinion. Appreciate the show. Thanks, Sean. Shane, appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's. There's outcry. There's frustration. There's. Well, why don't you say anything? Why don't you spill the? Listen, I, I I don't care. You hear a thousand things, and do you? Uh, is it our job to report every piece of dirt? What show? You, what show do you want? You want gossip? You want uh, Real Housewives of Cornhusker Nation, or do you want freaking <laughs> the the current guy that's trying to make sure it's not a forty nine to fourteen flogging by Indiana? You care about a win on Saturday or what the hell didn't happen two years ago because someone was golfing? <laughs> I mean, that's whatever your poison is, man. Good take. So more from Mickey and uh, a thought here on uh, keeping the team bought in. We heard about the Chins decision and now how uh, how the defense can get better. That's, uh, that's big. It's probably fundamentals. Lining up, getting lined up, tackling. You know, being in your gap, being where you're supposed to be in your coverage, 
So it just goes back to basic fundamentals. Fundamentals are so boring. You'd think, they, man, you'd think they'd be more fun with that but word. man, they are so, so vital, so, so important. And uh, this team is to a, to a position lacking. So it's no fun. That's always the threat. Well, we're going to have to put pads on now. <laughs> going to have to hit. Going to go back to the basics. You lose a game. You get out muscled on the line. The crusty old coaches with the socks pulled up to their knees and the bike shorts, right? Put the pads on. We're going to go three a days. I mean, Kaz, Kaz is sick today, and I'm going to miss talking to him. We'll have Kaz on next week. But Kaz has said it repeatedly, football isn't fun. But when you get good at the fundamentals, it can get real fun. Mitch Sherman's with us next from The Athletic. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. For your thoughts and calls and emails coming up, we say hi to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. At Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how's your Tuesday? Thanks for the time. My Tuesday's good. Um, wish it would feel like fall, but <laughs> that's coming tomorrow. Yeah, we've got a good Wednesday through tomorrow, Thursday. It's always there. Yeah, it'll be uh, perfect golf weather, but just not today. You're not mowing today, are you? No, I did that Friday. We're not not going to go back out there yet. That is not, not growing that fast. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. It's a thousand percent humidity. It's two a day weather. Mitch, so is, is, is Mick going to get the fundamentals going out in the uh, crazy Nebraska heat? He was big on fundamentals today, keeping the buy-in going. Yeah, I know the high school teams around the state are having to watch the, you know, the normal Tuesday practices. They can't go in, in pads if it's a certain temperature or a certain wet bulb temperature, and they might be getting up over that. So watch out on Friday night for some unprepared football teams if that's the case. But at Nebraska um, – well, they're, I know they'll be on the practice field tomorrow. Um, somewhat unclear. In, in talking to Joseph today, I was going through the notes with him, and I was unsure if the Huskers practiced today. It sounded like they got together today. Um, I imagine they went through some kind of a workout. They're going to do that again tomorrow. And then the coaches are going to go out on the road. Uh, Joseph is, is going to head down to Louisiana, his home state, and see some recruits. I'm sure he'll, sure he'll see some family, get a chance to eat some um, some good, good home cooked Louisiana food. Um, you know, his parents are there as we, you know, continue to get to know more and more about Mickey Joseph. He's 54, and mom and dad are are, are there in in Louisiana, so that will be a great a great chance for him to get to see them as he's going through, um, you know, what he is here in, in Lincoln. Um, and, and you know, the Huskers they've they've got to get healthy and 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 then mainly just get get in the right frame of mind to uh, to put what happened in these in these first four games behind them as best they can. You can't totally you can't erase it. You know, they know it's been 
a really difficult stretch, and they've lost their head coach and their defensive coordinator as a result of it. So um, that's difficult to uh, to brush past. But Indiana awaits, and, and seven other Big Ten teams. What do you think Bill Bush brings to Nebraska? Uh, knowing Bill a little bit, excited for him. I always really appreciated the Eric Janander, so I want to make that clear. And I thought Chins's defenses did a lot for uh, the football team. Uh, most of the time he was here. It was a tough start to this year. But Bush and Mickey, their familiarities uh, pretty key here with this ascension, don't you think? Yeah, I, I echo those feelings about Shenander. He was a class act in his time in Nebraska and always enjoyed talking to him. You know, it wasn't just a coach going through the motions when he explained things to us, which was explaining things to the fans. That's how the fans in many cases, get their information about his players and his defenses in those times where we're asking questions. And, and I always felt like um, it, it was something that meant a lot to him to uh, to, to, to speak to the fans and, and, and do that through the media. So um, very much appreciate what, what, you know, what he did in these four-plus seasons um, at Nebraska, the time he spent and the, and the, the, uh, the way he carried himself. And, and you know, he... Yeah. I think he. I think he gets it. I think he understands. I think he'll land on his feet. Um, this is a tough business, uh, but you know they move on. And with Bill Bush, it's uh, it's going to be a very detail oriented thing. That's that's the first thing that jumps into into my focus when I start to assess what Nebraska has in Bill Bush, and, and that's how he that's how he operates with special teams. It's breaking things down to. You know the player level, the the every movement level. Um, you know to the every minute in practice level, and I, that's that's going to be the way that he operates with this defense. They're they're going to try to, you know, in some ways simplify. I think the things that they're asking the players to do, but on the coaching level, uh, he's going to dig deep and, and try to find and try to focus on all of the details and and analyze what he can do minute by minute in practice to make this a more efficient group because right now they're not doing a whole lot of anything well. They're not stopping the run well, and they're not stopping the pass, and we know what the Big Ten is going to bring. I was just looking at some of the numbers right now, and of the eight remaining games that Nebraska has on the schedule, four of those games are against the top four teams in the league in in rushing offense. So they're going to have to find a way um, – if not against Indiana, Indiana is not one of those four teams. But it's coming up, um, and it starts with, with Rutgers. Uh, interestingly, on uh, on that Friday night, um, two two weeks from from Friday, they've uh, that is one of the better rushing teams in the league. And Nebraska is going to have to to change some things and fix some things with Bill Bush in a hurry uh, to be able to stay with a lot of these teams uh, that that they're going to face in the league. Mitch, part of coaching and game planning is finding a way to to scheme over some of your weaknesses and really um, make make your strengths look better. But my question to you is, on both sides of the ball, both, both offensively and defensively, is there something that this team does well? Because you see flashes where the running game looks good and then you play higher uh, opposition and boom, your, your offensive line is struggling to run block and they're struggling to pass block and defensively uh, you can't really stop anything, at least according to what we've seen the past two games. It, what does this team do well that this coaching staff can really focus on trying to, to bring to the forefront? Well, I thought on the defensive side going into the season, what Nebraska was going to do well was was play. Um, I thought its strength would be in the back seven, mm-hmm. the back seven or eight, 
depending on on how they were lined up in that in that play. I thought the linebackers were going to be a strength of this team, and that it hasn't played out that way. That that's you know the, the inside linebacker duo. I think they've really missed some of the power that Nebraska had up front a year ago because that allowed those those guys to get off blocks and make plays. That things were clogged up in a way for the linebackers last year that they're not right now because the defensive line is letting them down uh, somewhat. So and and the secondary has not progressed with all of the new pieces the way that I expected it would under Travis Fisher. I thought based on what what I've seen from Travis Fisher's ability to develop players in his time in Nebraska, especially the cornerbacks, you know, the Nebraska safeties have been solid, but they've been a lot of the same guys. But the corners, one after another after another, has come through the Nebraska program under Fisher, and, and he's turned them into NFL-caliber players. You know, that may be the case with Quentin Newsom this year, although I don't think anybody in the secondary or on the defense in general um, is playing all that well. So it's a tough answer in what Nebraska does well. They've got to figure that out, and that's part of what this bye week is about is – and that's part of Bill Bush's big task in, in detailing things is, is sitting down and looking at film and figuring out where you can move pieces and, and, and who you might be able to insert um, among the young players that they see in practice every day and we don't that can help make this defense have a strength. And then you start to scheme uh, to, to, to amplify your strength. And, you know, Mickey talked today about slowing things down on the offensive side so they're not putting their defense in a bad spot. Nebraska tried to do that at times last year when its defense was the clear strength of this team. And, you know, it, it worked to some degree, although it, it didn't it worked to keep Nebraska in games. It didn't work to, to win games for Nebraska. And, you know, we've had that discussion over and over to, to the point where people don't want to hear it. Offensively, you know, I, I, they can throw it. And, you know, without A.J. Allen, um, that's a that's – a, that's a loss. Um, I thought they had a pretty dynamic group of running backs. You know, we'll see if, if Gabe Urban can step into that role, perhaps as the number two guy and compliment um, Anthony Grant. And, and you know, I, I think he will and, and keep the Nebraska running backs a dangerous group. But they, they definitely lose something uh, with, without the true freshman, A.J. Allen, who's now out for the year and is going to redshirt. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic, Hale Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, where do you – come out on the Nebraska offense was that just uh, a game against uh, a team that's pretty elite with Venables and and how athletic and tough OU was getting after the ball carrier and and quarterback or do you think the offense is in trouble against higher level competition well that was higher level competition and they were in trouble against OU I think Nebraska came out with it right and Nebraska came out with the intent that it was going to have to throw the ball in order to set up the run, and that's not a bad. That's you know we've seen that in the past right. when you're a little bit outmanned up front, which Nebraska was with its inexperience on the offensive line, and and you know a new mix, especially on the left side with Teddy Perhaska down. So Turner Corcoran slides out to left tackle. Um, you know you you've got you started with Kevin Williams at left guard, and then they went more with with Ethan Piper. Yeah, you know, there's it's 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 very much in flux on the offensive line, and and that was the case heading into the offseason when you anticipated a healthy Teddy Prohaska and Turner Corcoran at his more natural spot at guard. And that was even before uh, Nuri Nuili was was out for the the year with the suspension that he's serving. So they've gone from being a question to – it's not even really a question, it's just a weakness. So they had to to find a way um, to attack Oklahoma where – 
it wasn't all about the line. You, you, they were going to throw shorter passes, um, try to protect the quarterback, and then if they got OU off balance, they'd maybe be able to run it. Well, after the first drive, they never were able to do anything with the pass because the, the, the Sooners were, were all over Casey Tufts. He didn't have time, even if he was in a three-step drop out of the shotgun. It was The offensive line was, was not just not getting it done. And, and because they couldn't pass, they didn't have the ability to set up that run, and they were just overwhelmed. So that's going to be a recipe for Big Ten uh, defenses to follow. They'll watch what Oklahoma did, and they're going to figure if they can get after the Nebraska quarterback, then you know that's, that's a key to completely stifling this, this Mark Whipple offense. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, real quick, about 90 seconds here. You know, whoever the, the the next Nebraska coach is, what uh, what what does the, the program need? We were talking to start the show, a fixer and a builder is what two two traits that came to mind. But do you think the Nebraska job itself is is still appealing? It is, yeah, because of the Big Ten, because of the money, because of the facility being built next to the stadium. Um, because of the expanding college football playoff, I think because of Trev Alberts, he's attractive as an athletic director. He's somebody that coaches are going to want to work for. But, you know, you, you can't in 90 seconds or 60 seconds or 30 seconds describe what Nebraska needs. Um, it, it, you know, I'll go back to what Trev said on, on September 11th. Uh, he needs somebody who can, is, is, a, is a culture builder, is a program builder, um, like you said, Chris. Um, and, and can come in here and diagnose. You know that, that coach is going to be tasked to diagnose what Nebraska needs to assess the situation. You know to get the roster in order, um, and, then, and then to build his organization the way that he has done at other places. And that's why I think it's so important to have a guy um, who has that Power Five head coaching experience and has done it at this level, because they're going to be tasked to do something that's pretty big here here at, at Nebraska. Very big. Mitch, you uh, take care. Enjoy the week. And thanks for a few minutes with us today. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Same to you guys. There he is. Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic. Good to hear from him. We'll check in with Matt Schick in 25 minutes. Hail Varsity continues on. We're presented by Currency. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now before it's too late chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com just try me try me back to hail varsity radio hail varsity radio continues presented by currency and open phones here till five matt schick from schick and nick podcast espn national Going to be with us. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, 466-3776, 800-825-5225. 
5865. We'll dive into Bruce Feldman's latest list. Reminder about Red Zone tickets, selling funds since 2001. Need tickets, selling tickets, Red Zone tickets, buys and sells tickets to all types of events. Want to go see Nebraska, Indiana? How about when Minnesota comes to town? They have a big red football for you. Also, Husker Volleyball. That's a winner. NFL, Creighton Basketball, Concerts Theater, CWS, Dave Matthews coming to CHI in November. Red Zone tickets. Dot com. Log on, find out more, and they are local. They're wonderful folks from Omaha, and they are reliable. Local source, A-plus, Better Business Bureau rating. That's so key, right? You ever been conned or bought some fake tickets? I haven't, but I know those that have. Not a good time. 100% guarantee on all your orders here with Red Zone Tickets. You'll receive authentic tickets and get those experiences you'll never forget. Check off the bucket list, right? Create memories of a lifetime. Visit RedZoneTickets.com today. Elijah, we're going to do this from time to time because it's going to be an ongoing thing throughout this season and we can get into the discussion whether or not if the season's lost or not i'm not going to write it off i think i think your tipping point i think your sink or swim ball game is absolutely indiana all right can you can you crawl off the mat after a bye week and find a way uh that's that's where i'm at but you're going to have more names added or subtracted from the list before we get into uh, Bruce Feldman's latest top three. Uh, we'll go to the phones. Who's with us? Run up to Omaha where Jonathan checks in. All right. Jonathan, thanks for the phone call, man. Go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Go for it. Hey, so uh, as far as, like, potential coaching hires, I'm, you know, diehard, follow Facebook, and know a lot of the fans think. And uh, why is it people are treating – Urban Meyer's name, like that villain in Harry Potter. I don't know if you guys watch Harry Potter. They say, they don't say his actual name. They say, like, he who shall not be named or something like that. Something crazy. And it's like, it's almost like Urban Meyer is being treated like that. Like, why not mention him? He he does have experience. He would be, I don't know if he'd be perfect, but it's uh, better than what we have had. And, you know, people will bring about his personal life and the scandals or whatever it's like we're not hiring a pastor we're not you know we're not going to hire joel osteen you know what i'm saying it just seems like us as a fan base we're kind of on a on a high horse almost i think jonathan i think i think there's a lot of nebraska fans that want a guy that's not a scumbag is their head coach, okay? And I think well, Urban yeah, but then, cross, then let me finish. Let me, let, me, let me finish here, dude. Uh, I think I think Urban can cross into the scumbag category. I think he'd win, but I don't think he'd have him for for a sustained period. I think that's the biggest objection is the fact that Urban's Urban fades, uh, he burns out for lack of a better term. He burns out, and then what are you left with? That's the question. I mean, you're you're left you, you potentially. I obviously it's we don't know what the future holds, but you're potentially left with more stability. You're potentially left with because uh, you're having to make another coaching set. hire, though. I mean, you have Urban for what three we, or five we, years. We, that's what we've been doing already, though. Sure. I mean, if you, if we take our feelings out of it, let's take like really take our feelings out of it and look at it from a logistical, analytical, and well, statistical. It isn't aspect. personal. It isn't personal. I mean, I don't care who they hire. Absolutely don't care. I just I know how he left Florida, and I know what cover up occurred at Ohio State, 
and then there's that, and then there's Jacksonville. So the other part of it is, can he work for a guy like Trev? And that's not a shot at Trev. Trev's all about accountability. Urban's been able to be the boss, even though he's not the AD at Florida and at Ohio State, and he and he clashed with uh, with Mr. Khan down in Jacksonville. Oh, oh, no doubt. I, I get what you're saying as far as that, but it's one of those um, I want to say risk versus reward kind of things. Because let's be honest, like, and I, I kind of go back to the whole morality thing. Yeah, he's a scumbag, you know, but it's like. <laughs> Who are we to judge? He's our scumbag, (laughs) Jonathan. He's our scumbag, right? Exactly. There there might be a major bull ring to go with it for the program. Mm. Jonathan, what what I'll leave you on, just something to chew on, is is, I've said it for a couple days now, maybe a couple weeks even, I have no doubt that Urban Meyer would come to Nebraska and Urban Meyer would get wins, but I also have no doubt that there is plenty of other candidates that could come to Nebraska and get wins without all the bones in the closet of Urban Meyer. Yeah, what's what's the body count afterwards? Jonathan, thanks for the phone call, bud. Appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for chiming in. Good to hear from Jonathan. And yeah, I mean, there are there's some fans that are on a high horse, don't want him, don't need him. There's others that just get us wins, dude. Totally get that side of the argument as well. I'm a big picture guy. I I, if the the next hire needs to, to be here, so you're not hitting reset every three to five years. Because you've been doing that for two decades. Mm-hmm. And it continues to dismantle your program. That's where you're at. Speaking of names, not in Bruce Feldman's latest top three, Urban Meyer. And his top three runs down like this. Lance Leopold, Matt Campbell, Bill O'Brien. The Mickey contingent. This isn't to gloss over Mickey. Mickey's super talented doing God's work if you're a Nebraska fan with the mess that is. And and Mickey's a stud, all right? So, totally. Let's see how things shake out for him. But but the question with Mickey, and I, I guarantee this is on Trev's mind right now, is you don't want a guy in this job that it's their first ever Division One head coaching job. Mm-hmm. You can be as talented in the world as any coach out there. You can have all the potential. But this is not a great place to have your first ever Division One coaching spot because of the pressure, because of the expectations, because of where this program is at. You need a guy who has been there and who has done that. And as Jonathan was saying, you need a guy who's going to be that proven guy that you know. Give him the job. You can't grow into right. this. You can't, you're just not in position to grow into it. Because you got to, again, build and fix. And Leopold, Leopold is built, and, and it looks like right now, Pretty recency, <laughs> uh, prisoner of the moment deal, but it absolutely looks like that that Leopold has fixed and and he's and he's been a cleaner, right? I mean, Les Miles left that thing burning in Lawrence. Who's with us? We got Bruce on the line with us. Bruce, uh, let's get Bruce on here real quick. Do we have time? We have time. Bruce, we're gonna sneak in real quick. Got about a minute. Go ahead. Schmitty. What's going on, brother? Nothing much. How are you? You know what? Living the dream. Wahoo's great. Good for you. Say, so I wanted to thank you, man. So I wanted to chime in on uh, the uh, Urban Meyer thing real quick, and, uh, and then the question will be for you guys. How come nobody's talking about Luke Fickle? Okay, but before we do that, Urban Meyer. Okay, what he did, and everybody seems to fail to realize this. He walked into Ohio State and to Florida with teams that were already at six and or seven wins Covered and full. the potential to be yeah, eight or nine wins. Okay, so they had good players already. He's never had to build a program that I believe Nebraska has to be because we have shown that we are a three or four win season or, you know, team 
Okay, and that's pretty much of a rebuilding team. Bruce, hang on. Uh, hang, hang on. We're going to break. I don't want to cut you off. You got a second part to this. Hang on for me, Bruce. Appreciate you listening, brother, and hanging on. But uh, five more minutes here before the top of the hour. Jump in at 466-3776. Some final thoughts. We'll wrap up. Matt Schick on the way. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Riding down this first hour, Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Bruce, thanks for hanging on. You were talking about what Urban inherited. You also asked about Luke Fickle. I did. And, okay, so I, I think I made my point with Urban Meyer. However, give credit where credit's due. He did really build Boise State. But, again, look where they play. Look what he had. So, I mean, that's kind of a, a no-brainer there. Yeah, but, Utah, Utah was good. I'll, I'll give you that. Utah was good, but yeah. he wasn't there real long. Correct. You know, and but I like Luke Fickle. I like him. He's a, mine talked about a lot. Um, I think he would fit in really well here. He's Good defensive mind seems to be a straight up cat. The Cincinnati Bearcats, we know what they did last year, only one year, but his defenses are always ranked in the you know top twenty-five. That's a pretty good measure. Now, if you want my honest opinion, I kind of like uh, O'Brien uh, just because what he did at Penn State. Mm-hmm. He took a program that was morally morally bankrupt, and players were leaving. It was a sinking ship. Okay, they were put on the they got the death penalty, the whole nine yards. We all know the story. And he basically convinced those players to stay there. And they played their hearts out for him. And he taught them football again. Mm. And I think that's exactly what Nebraska needs is somebody like that. I think Luke could do it. I think that Bill could do it. You know, and those are my, those are my two big choices. What no, do you guys think? I think that's good stuff, Bruce. always love hearing from you, man. And, and appreciate you listening. One thing I'll throw out there about Bill O'Brien is I've been reading some Alabama message boards linking him mm-hmm. to Nebraska. They're all enthused about the idea of him leaving. They say his offense is outdated. However, <laughs> I should note, he's not coming here to be offensive coordinator if, no. if he were to hire him. He's coming to be the head man to build no. a culture, build a program, not o- just O'Brien, to offense. O'Brien's really, really good, period. He's really good. Fickle doesn't have to leave, can keep mining Ohio and crush the Big 12 with the players he has. It'll translate. What he does at Cincy will translate to a better, bigger league. If I'm wrong, burn this tape. Mo, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Good. You're, you're chirping out, bud. Give us, uh, what do you what do you think here? Got about 90 seconds for you, partner. Kind of the guy that was that was uh, raw-rawing for Urban Meyer, uh, willing to trade ethics for wins, um, because back in the 90s, in the heyday, uh, Osborne had uh, the face of an ethical program, but there was a lot of cover up there too. There was uh, there was some yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't uh, country club. I give you that. No, I mean, I lived across the two blocks away from the girl that Phillips drugged down the stairs that Scott Frost was wrestling with. Yeah, you know? I mean, it was every day. But it's every program is going to have its ethical rubber bands. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to get a guy who has both sides of the ball and with the last caller i agree i like o'brien as well um you just have to trade out but he's got a, a black check mark on his box because he's an alabama guy but he's good he's real good and for him to and mo thanks for squeezing in with us man appreciate you jumping on with uh with o'brien i mean they're in a much more difficult place to go to willingly than than to go be bama's 
OC under Saban. Mm-hmm. Okay, the guy's gone to the playoffs four or five times for the Texans, ran the show as a GM in the NFL, goes back to college because he loves coaching that much. And most importantly, a guy like O'Brien, Leopold, Campbell, any of these guys in the top three, Nebraska's not going to be the butt of all the jokes in college football anymore. And no, not, not saying that's a, a factor, but Trev's aware of it. Trev is aware of just how much of a joke Nebraska football has become in the landscape of college football, and hiring Urban Meyer is just going to continue that. Nebraska remains the meme of college football. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Matt Schick, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll squeeze you in. Another hour to go at Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. And the joys of Nebraska football at this point in time, the man that's on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, and, of course, the Hurt Ant Family Podcast, uh, the Schick and Nick Show, Matt Schick with us at ESPN underscore Schick. And, Matt, uh, on your Twitter bio, it says... Uh, I move you ahead to action due to time constraints. Could you not have done that for uh, for Nebraska fans to save them some uh, some anguish after the first five minutes? Thanks for the time, man. Good to spend a few minutes with you. Yeah, you as well. I, I probably would have been good, you know, if I was if I freelanced for Fox, I could have done that uh, during the onside kick. I guess oh. Northwestern, <laughs> and then uh, maybe a little Big Ten Network action. Uh, with Georgia Southern, I think would have been more than appropriate. Yeah, there were there was a lot of uh, a lot of different times where maybe we could fast forward, and perhaps maybe we could fast forward to like year two of the next head coach. Maybe that's the way to do it. That that would work well. Matt Schick with us here on Hale Varsity. Oh, uh, it's been an interesting uh, well season uh, so far. It's it's felt like uh, two or three seasons put together, and and, and the bye week is here. But I want to go back and to, to touch on Frost and his tenure here. Was there a point you were out or, okay, you'd seen enough, not, not to call for a firing per se, but just, all right, I've made my call. This isn't going to work. Was there an eject moment for you? Uh, I kept giving him the benefit of the doubt until Ireland, mm-hmm. until what happened there, because – Everyone knew what was riding on that game. Everybody knew what was at stake, and no one more so than him. 
and it was pretty clear that um, he wanted to take matters into his own hands. I, I'm not sure how you have a a second half so different from a first half, uh, and a final quarter and a half so different from the first two and a half. That it was just, um, you know, it started with the onside kick. I mean, even though the analytics tell you a certain thing, I remember going on the the Chicken Nick pod uh, that you mentioned and just saying, "Look, if you're not calling the plays and you're and you're making decisions that cost you games, then what good are you?" And that's not to disrespect him. It's just to state the facts of you were brought in for a reason. And that reason now you've passed to another person, you know, calling plays and acumen. And now you're going to be the CEO and you're going to oversee things. And then when you do that and you, and you decide to make a decision that, uh, frankly, was just silly, um, like you're, you know, you're gambling with other people's money at that point, when in reality, he's been broke and he's in debt. And you have to, you know, when you don't have money, you can't be spending others. And that's what he was doing there. And then, um, you know, North Dakota, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt, though, because of the time change. And, you know, it's the next week, you never buy like Northwestern. And then obviously what happened with Georgia Southern was enough for everybody. But there should it's, it's one of those things, Schmitty, like in hindsight, you look back, you're okay. You always assume the law of averages would kick in mm-hmm. in these close games. And then you realize, well, going into this year, the common denominator was still the same. And so if it went the same way, you knew why. And now we know why. Mickey Joseph has taken over, and uh, he is about accountability. Had his presser today, even during a bye week. And uh, he relieved Coach Chenander on Sunday. Uh, things weren't adding up, to paraphrase Mickey. I didn't think the defense was going to get better. He's familiar with Bill Bush. What's your outlook moving forward? There's eight games left. I don't know what the friends in the desert are going to say about point spreads, and I know that November's pretty evil if you're in Nebraska, and they just don't look competent on both lines of scrimmage right now. Yeah, and frankly, I don't know what it matters. Um I guess that's kind of where I'm, mm-hmm. where you're at with it. I don't mean to be cynical uh, about it, but as the thirty thousand foot view, whether they go uh, five and seven or two and ten, who cares? Uh, and I and I know Husker fans care. I know you want to put a good product on the field, but this thing is going to get blown up. Um, they're going to be new coaches coming in. They're going to be starting from scratch. Um, I will tell you that. ESPN's football power index uh, indicates that they will win one more game. The percentages also said before the season that they'd be 8-4. So, you know, you can take some of these things with a grain of salt, but they do adapt to how teams have gotten better and how teams have gotten worse and where they are metrically. And they are favored in one more game this year, and that's the next game, October 1st, against Indiana. They are percentage underdogs. Um, in every single game the rest of the way. In fact, the best chance they have to win a game is against Illinois outside of the Indiana game is Illinois on October 29th. They have a 55% chance to win according to the football power index. Again, just numbers to throw around, but it's the same thing bookies use, uh, those power numbers. Um, But it, it doesn't seem like this will get much better, and I think the one saving grace that you have is that you have a coach and a staff 
that is trying to save their own jobs. Um, if they knew they didn't have a shot at that, this could really get bad. Um, but there is a shot with, you know, people are, are saying, hey, you know, we've, we've got eight more games to, to try and figure this out, and, and hopefully they can. But I'm highly skeptical because of the instability there and the stability in every other program that they're going to face. Matt Schick is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Matt, I want you to go back a couple months. I know we have the benefit of hindsight now, but can we go back and evaluate Trev's decision to bring back Scott for another season? After hearing what's been coming out of the woodwork, not all of it confirmed, but just a lot of stuff coming out of the woodwork about what was going on behind the scenes with Husker football. Do you want to go back and take a look at Trev's decision to keep Scott Frost around for another season, even though he'd be let go after three games? No, I don't, because I think things had to get worse for him to to pull the trigger in that way. Um, because it, it, even though I'm far away from it, you know, I still feel like I have a gauge on how fans feel, and I felt like it was pretty split. And I don't think it can be 50-50 or 60-40 in favor of firing him for you to fire a guy like Scott Frost. Um you know, you go back to, you know, when Tom Osborne was brought on board to reunite the fan base. I mean, things get pretty fragile around there and get, can get pretty tenuous. And so for a guy in Trev Alberts, remember, at that time had been on the job for six months. And for a guy to come in and say, all right, I've seen enough after six months, when really he just got there, I think would send – would send the wrong message, not only because of who you're firing, but the timing of the firing. And so I think, if anything, it shows, hey, I was willing to do whatever I could to help. And I think the brochure Trev can lay out to an ex-head coach is, you will have my unequivocal support and anything you need I will give you. And he made a point of saying that at the news conference when he announced Frost firing is, I did everything I could. We wanted nothing but for him to succeed and get, did everything we could to help. And that's also the message to the next head coach is we're all in line. We all want the same thing. It just didn't work. And no one wanted Scott Frost to be fired until he had to be. And, you know, maybe those internally maybe wanted him out a little bit sooner because they knew exactly what was going on. Uh, but no one knew more of what was going on than Frost. And no one knew, you would think, how to fix it more than Frost. And he couldn't get out of his own way. And you know, whether it was on or off the field, Scott Frost simply couldn't get out of his own way. And my, my initial reaction is Trev Alberts almost had to wait for him to get into his own way uh, in order to make it pretty obvious for everyone. A few minutes here, Matt Schick with us, ESPN uh, Radio, ESPN Sirius XM. And uh, TV at ESPN underscore Schick on Twitter. And, of course, host with Nick, uh, the Schick and Nick show on Herd Ad Media. Their podcast, uh, A Must Listen To. And, uh, Matt, I want to get a thought from the, the, the Nebraska job, right? You've got Nebraska open. Herm got let go at Arizona State. Again, with your, uh, your, your national perspective, you've also been, uh, been in Nebraska for a few years with your career. What's the, uh, the, the job uh, level like in Lincoln? What's, what's the Nebraska job now uh, to, to folks at your level? What's, um, what's the, uh, the draw for, for a potential candidate? Well, the, the draw will be that the bar is pretty low. 
which is good. Um, following in the footsteps of Osborne and Solich was not going to be easy when nine wins wasn't good enough. And frankly, following in the footsteps of Bo mm-hmm. wasn't going to be easy when nine wins isn't good enough. Uh, but now a bowl game is good enough. So I think the, the good news about the last five-plus years, six, seven years with Riley and now Frost, is that it forces fans to recalibrate maybe not your goals but your expectations, and those are two different things. And so for a head coach to come in here to understand that, hey, I'm going to get paid a lot of money, which is a good thing, and you're going to have to pay me a lot of money to coach this program, because it's going to take a lot of work, um, but to also get paid a lot of money to not have to win the Big Ten, or at least right away, right? To not, there's going to be time, and you know, I, I've said the draw is going to be money. I mean, that that's going to be the first thing. So when we see Arizona State is open, that was a an unmitigated disaster. And if someone wants to work for Ray Anderson, who was thinking so outside the box and was the smartest guy in the room that he hires Herm Edwards, who hadn't coached college football in how long and thought they were going to reinvent the wheel in Arizona State, and it turned into a mess, if you want to go work for him, if he's got your say, then God bless you. But if it's a choice of bosses, I don't know if there's a bigger draw than to say, I'm going to work for Trev Alberts. And Trev Alberts, you'll have his support. He'll, he'll run interference for you. He's your CEO if you need him. And he's as good of a dude as you'll find in the business um, in terms of knowing what's right and wrong and how he wants to go about doing things. So for a guy who competed for national championships, he sure seems to have a level head about what the expectations are. So the number one job, the number one draw is money. The number two draw is working for Trev Alberts. The number three draw is understanding that if you can win six, seven, eight games annually, they might build a statue for you. Matt, let's get into some of the, the names out there. And uh, Trev, once upon a time, said you're pretty good at asking questions, if memory serves. <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to say Trev's got your number and he's calling you because he's going to call a lot of people. Yeah. Let's just play this game. Give me Matt's. Yeah. Give me Matt's uh, top three. Yeah, my top three uh, initially, as soon as he was fired, without talking to anybody, was Campbell, Leipold, and Kleiman, mm-hmm. simply because of the footprint and because of the track record of success, not only winning national championships and or winning a major New Year's Six bowl game, which I think is where Nebraska wants to be, is, mm-hmm. is getting to that bowl game level where you can – compete at a high level. And um, so those three have done it. And those three have done it recruiting to d- really challenging places. Um, if you look at what Lance Leipold is doing right now, and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. Oh, look, they're 3-0. and But you can't argue with the, with the results. And right now, Jalen Daniels is metrically the best quarterback in college football. And he plays for Kansas. And they just beat Houston and West Virginia, two Power 5 programs. Well, Power 6, Power 5. Mm-hmm. Um, but to think about where that program was at, I mean, Texas just went toe-to-toe with Alabama. And it was only 10 months ago that Kansas went into Texas and beat them. I mean, th- those kind of things matter. And Kansas is a terrible job. So if you can pull a guy 
that is a, doing a good job at a terrible job, and you're going to give him resources, um, that, that to me says a lot. So I, I think Leipold's up there. And I also think it's important to find a guy where, yeah, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle, but he kept, Trev kept using the word grinder. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there any more evidence of wanting to grind than being the head coach at Kansas and then doing a good job at it? So there's a grinder. Um, and I also think it's important to find a guy who, if he's good at it, isn't going to be looking for another job. And that, to me, would be a Lance Leipold. I mean, Trev, Trev looks at stability and emphasizes that um, and has said that time and again. So I would go Leipold and, and, and Campbell, 1A, 1B, however you want to look at it. And winning in the line of scrimmage, I think, suits Campbell um, as well. So I think either one of those guys. My, I would lean Campbell simply because he's won at the Power 5 level mm-hmm. um, and, and 1A New Year's 6. But uh, I don't think you can go wrong. I don't think Kleiman would take it. I think he's too happy uh, from everyone I talked to at Kansas State. Loves his job, and he's not, he's not going to mess with happy. But you've been at a place like Iowa State long enough. And uh, like I said, Big Ten money is different than Big 12 money. And I think that's why you target those two guys. ESPN's Matt Schick with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes with Schick. And of course, catch his podcast with uh, Nick Baugh, Schick and Nick on the Herdat family of networks. So they'll uh, no doubt keep you entertained throughout the year. We will continue to enjoy our bye with uh, Matt Schick. We'll get his take on Urban. We'll get more of your phone calls. Uh, appreciate your input. And we'll have open phones here the next half hour. As uh, we'll wrap up with Schick, get more of your thoughts, more of your emails. Number to get in, it's 466-3776. Or he wants to talk about that Cornhusker coaching carousel. And, uh, of course, Mickey, uh, more from Mickey as well with Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. A few minutes here, Matt Schick with us, ESPN uh, Radio, ESPN Sirius XM. And uh, TV at ESPN underscore Schick on Twitter. And, of course, host with Nick, uh, the Schick and Nick show on Herdad Media. Kansas, to, back to Lance, I mean, he they just look different, right? And I think the mess mm-hmm. he walked into post Les Miles, there may have been a player or two there, you know, because Les could always recruit. But th- just what they do on the lines of scrimmage as quickly as they've done it, uh, quarterback aside, and he's phenomenal, you're right, but... They're just pretty much bullies on the lines. And I didn't think I'd say that about Kansas football, you know, ever again post uh, post 30 years ago, you know. Uh, so what he's done down there is pretty impressive. And I know that there's some fatigue with the Nebraska tie or the Nebraska guy, but it doesn't hurt that there's been some mentorship by 
some really good people from Nebraska when when Leopold was was in Lincoln. Uh, yeah, he, he gets, I think all, he gets I think it a all little that bit. matters. In, in being familiar with the area, being yeah. the the familiarity with Nebraska, you don't have to know the state inside and out. You don't have to have been employed at the university to get it, but. It helps. It's not one of those reasons that you hire someone, right. but it sure is a nice thing. It's like, hey, I didn't buy that house because it has the in-ground pool, but it's nice. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good added bonus. I bought it because it's in a great city and a great spot. But, man, it sure is nice to go out your back porch and, and go for a swim. It's kind of like with Lance. Yeah. You don't want him because he's from Nebraska, but it sure helps. Mm. You know, but the guy knows the area, and that's great. So um, I think Nebraska's in a good spot here for either guy and here's the thing this is the this is where nebraska's at where they fire scott frost a a quarterback of a team that used to thump kansas and now a step up is hiring kansas as head coach that's just where the program is at and i think that's just indicative of when we talked about recalibrating expectations um whoever they hire is going to be likely if it's those two one of those two would be from a program that Nebraska used to walk all over, and uh, now Nebraska's looking up at him. Well, well, Matt, there's a third name on that list from Bruce Feldman. That's the, the offensive coordinator at Alabama, Bill O'Brien. Well, what is your reaction to, to mm-hmm. Bill and his chances at this job? Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. He's, you know, was there any bigger reclamation project than having to deal with the Sandusky scandal at Penn State and the scholarship losses and trying to turn that program around, talk about coming into a program at a bad time, a horrific time in a lot of different ways. He did it and did a great, great job. I'm always a little leery of guys who have that NFL background and pedigree. And If you succeed, are you, are you using it as a stepping stone? You, beggars can't be choosers, so it's not like Trev can go, hey, you know, what would happen in five years if we, if we raise the level of play and you want to leave? Well, that would be a great problem to have, and I, I think that would be one that Nebraska would trade for in a heartbeat. Um, Does he have the charisma for the job? Does he have that? I I don't know. I haven't talked to Bill O'Brien in a a while. I don't know him that well. I'm sure Trev, you know, he's at CNN when Bill O'Brien's at Georgia Tech as an assistant. Maybe they cross paths and maybe, you know, through all of his connections, uh, here's good things. And, you know, any guy who's good enough for good Nick Saban is good enough for Nebraska. So I, I wouldn't say that would be a bad hire. It would just be one of those, all right, let's Let's see how it goes, see how he fits, and um, see what happens, one of those things. But he, if, if I were making a list, he wouldn't be on my top three, but uh, I would trust Trev to, to make that decision and knows more than I do about that. Matt Schick with us from ESPN Radio, ESPN TV, Sirius XM, and, of course, host of the Schick and Nick podcast. Find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Schick. Matt, I know you're not in the urban camp, do you think Urban wants to, to get back into coaching, uh, or does he like hearing his name being talked about in, <laughs> with the ability to get a head gig again? Yeah, let's be clear. Those are two different things, aren't they? Yes. Um, I, I've been, yeah, I've been pretty vocal about, mm-hmm. you know, Nebraska's, Nebraska, you're better than that, you know. Um, I, I know where you get desperate sometimes. And it's like, hey, I'm looking for that special someone. I don't care if she does drugs. She'll, we're going to get married. Like, man. She like, can I dance, that. right? I I mean, wow. That's right. That's right. Look, you know, she can cook. Yeah, but she does meth. Like, are you okay with that? Like, yeah. 
<laughs> no, I'll be fine. The, the, the meatballs and spaghetti are outstanding. Okay, well, what happens when that wears off? And and so, like with with Urban, it's did you just did you just wake up from a coma? Like, have you have you noticed what he did in Jacksonville? How he treated people? The video of him at the bar, of him not going home with the team, of what happened at Florida, of what happened with Zach Smith at Ohio State. Like, are we just waking up? And do you want any risk of that? And is there any guarantee that Urban Meyer is ready to do heavy, heavy lifting when he's got headaches on the sideline? Like, I'm not trying to belittle any medical condition he might have, but this is going to be a heavy lift. And to say Urban Meyer is going to wave a magic wand um, was just really silly. And so the whole, yeah, Trev met with him. Oh, great. He was in town. It was very convenient mm-hmm. uh, for him to do that. And maybe that's why he fired Scott Frost so he wouldn't feel guilty about picking Urban Meyer's brain when he was in town. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think any program that wants to take a chance on Urban Meyer – uh, God bless you. Hopefully you're playing with house money. But I know one thing, Nebraska's not playing with house money. Don't cook meth, cook meatballs. That's that's the, uh, <laughs> that's right. that's the that's tip. Right. Matt Schick with us. Matt, take care, brother. This was fun again, and thanks for giving us a few minutes today. Anytime, fellas. Always enjoy it. Good stuff from Matt Schick, and uh, we've enjoyed our bye. It's just Tuesday. Phone lines are full. You can send an email, Chris at Hale Bar City. Dot com, but he, he nailed it, like, to um, equate it to that crazy girlfriend. There, there are wonderful aspects of that relationship, potentially, and then there's, you know, the, the Heisenberg addiction <laughs> with, uh, with that. Paul's been on hold. Paul, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Hey, guys. Everyone's talking about who the head coach should be as far as a particular name. I think we need to look at a particular characteristic. We need a guy that can get a staff in here, all the underlings, who can do two things. One, recruit exceptionally well. And for that reason, I would think absolutely, if he doesn't get the head coaching job, you've got to keep Mickey around. And Bill Bush, absolutely, if only that's for his recruiting acumen, let alone anything else that he can coach. And the second thing they got to be able to do is coach teach these guys, especially on the lines, how to become dominant like we were in the past. Because until we get the dominant lines, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. It doesn't matter who your wide receiver is. It doesn't matter who your running back is. Your line, line, line is what matters. No, it, it is. And a guy that's been able to, to ascend like a Fickle, like a Leopold, like a, an O'Brien, like a Campbell – are, at uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, they, they have I, – I trust their judgment because they've not flamed out at, at a smaller opportunity. They've won or are doing well, not to count the chickens here with Lance Don Lawrence, but he looks pretty competent with, with not only judging who he's hiring, but those guys being uh, able to recruit and develop. All right. Hey, have a good one now. You too. Thanks. Appreciate the phone call. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. You can send an email, chris at hailvarsity.com. More the the name game, Elijah, continues. We'll get to the phones here in a minute. First, though, Lance Leopold was part of a podcast earlier today. Again, asked about 
potential job openings out there? Yeah, just like anything, I think you have to stay in the moment, be where your feet are at. Uh, you know, my wife, Kelly, and I, we, we came to Lawrence, Kansas, not to move. You know, if uh, this stage of our career, uh, it's flattering, um, you know, it's like you said, it's early, it's early in the season, but our focus is trying to build the Kansas Jayhawks into a winner and a consistent winner for the long. So the response there is eat what's on your plate, be in the moment, be where your feet are at. Elijah's a great answer. But Lance is, if something better has come along and he's already done the, the heavy lifting that Schick just talked about, Lance has not been afraid to, to go bigger. He, he's not at Buffalo. He wanted a Big 12 job. Is Buffalo a better job than Kansas? Yeah. But Lance is turning Kansas into a good football program. Again, short window. I'm loud. I know I watched and stayed to watch overtime against Texas last year. I'm happy the guy's 3-0. and Pretty good. Who's with us? We got uh, uh, excuse me, Pete on the line, but I just want to quickly jump yeah, in on there sure. and say we're going to hear a lot of these type of answers. This season from prospective coaches? Because Nebraska's got an interim right now, and it's September 20th. A lot of these questions are going to be coming out. A lot of the similar type answers we're going to be hearing, and the, the simple way I'll put that is, man, I'd love to stay in Lincoln for a long time. I love this town. I love being here. I, lo- I love being so close to Husker football. But if somebody from Washington State calls me up and says, hey, we're going to offer you $12 million a year to come work a job in Washington State, hey, I'm going to Washington. <laughs> sure, because it's a lot of zeros. Right? Exactly. Uh, Pete's with us. Pete, thanks for calling. Go ahead. How are you doing today? Good, Pete. Thanks for uh, chiming in. I want to kind of bring up maybe a illustration for the Husker fans. You know, it's kind of like you go down a gravel road. You get to the end of the gravel road. It's a dead end. There's no place to turn around, so you have to back up a mile. It takes longer to back up than it did to go down that road. And that's what Mickey Joseph is trying to do. He's trying to back up on that dirt road and trying to uh, find a better way. I really think we need to give him every opportunity. I really like the way he takes responsibility and, and holds his coaches responsible. But one of the keys on a coach is who, who can he attract for coordinators and assistant coaches because that's really where your program is, is won and lost, is your assistant coaches and your coordinators. They're super, super valuable and uh, – I like Gary Keel. I think he's a program builder, but I don't know that Mickey Joseph is not a program builder. I think we need to give him every opportunity, and I think Husker fans need to sit back and give him time. It's going to take several weeks to see an improvement, I believe, on the oh, team. And, yeah, you uh, you are no doubt uh, right about that. Pete, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you listening. Yeah, we're not judging Mickey at all off of Oklahoma. I'll just Clearly say that no. I think Trev is looking for a guy that's a proven program builder. And what you can do in eight weeks, well, it could be a great thing to add to your resume. It's it's not proving to ADs out there that you can build a program. Because well, building a program is more than improving a team throughout a season. Well, back to, to Lance Leipold for a moment and, and Feldman's number. I think his buyout drops to, to $4 million in December of this year. I think he's at $3 million a year now. You Can't send an email in. Better believe Kansas, if the season continues going this way, they're going to be get, trying to give him a, uh, an extension. Uh, more thoughts, more calls from you. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
can email the show if that's easiest for you. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Open phones next 20 minutes. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hale Varsity presented by Currency 46637. 76 or 800 825 5865. Ted emails in if Urban would come in, rebuild, and most importantly, leave a successor of a Ryan Day caliber. Bring him on. Big if, if not, big pass. if. Here's the thing that you can't gauge with Urban, and uh, we invite you to listen to the, uh, the the podcast of our interview with Matt Chick. That'll be uh, posted here on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio uh, right at the beginning of Hour 2, also on our Hale Varsity YouTube channel. But the... Uh, <laughs> The crazy girlfriend reference okay. <laughs> uh, is 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 well illustrated by by Schick on that. And no, he left Florida flaming and he left Ohio State with a guy like Ryan Day. So what's the tiebreaker? What would the tiebreaker be with with Herb? I don't know. Like, I just don't trust him. I don't trust him to to do it. Now, he may have enough respect for Osborne. And I know there's the crowd out there, shut up, Mickey's the guy, let's get behind him. Totally get it. I'm not saying don't consider or go after Mickey. I don't know Mickey well enough to, you know, there's some guys know who've been in coaching for two decades plus what they are and what they're best at. And is Mickey a guy that he, we know he's an incredible recruiter and we know he's an incredible position coach? And is, is Mickey a better number two? Does Mickey believe he's a better number two? He's, he's doing the program he loves a solid by agreeing to step up and do this. Who would want to take this situation right now? Yeah, there's opportunity. Sure. But he's it, it's not... Adverse from risk when it comes to how you're painted. I mean, you could step through up. no fault of your own. You're going to try to do your best, Elijah. But him and Billy Bush, man, I think you're nuts. Whether or not they're retain, I mean, there, there should be no question that both of those guys get retained along with Applewhite. And I think that should come down to the next head coach. I mean, it, as, it, as, it as we've heard callers say, yeah, a big job of this next head coach, which I don't want to overlook, but I mean. I'll just say, if there's a guy who's being considered for this position at Nebraska, I better expect that he knows how to build a coaching staff around him. That 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 should be bare minimum for. But it it was assumed the last hire. It's true, and that's part of the downfall. And good dudes, great people, weren't ready for the Big Ten. I mean, but I should, in, in hindsight, I should hope that they can see the talent of a guy like Mickey Joseph in terms of recruiting and coaching his position. I should hope that they see the, the wealth of experience and knowledge that Bill Bush has. But if they want to bring their guy, a guy that's been working with them for, say, 20 years and has been building programs with that head coach, I, I, I'm not in a place where I can say no to that. Let's hear from Mickey. I mean, Mickey's going to do a solid for Nebraska regardless, just with, with what he is and, and how he's going to attack recruiting. We're going to recruit like we're going to be here. That's the, that's the right thing to do. 
So we're going to send coaches out on Wednesday. They're going to be out Wednesday night. Then Thursday and Friday, they'll recruit. They'll get back in here on Saturday, the ones who don't have a game. I'll, I'll be on the road Friday. I'll be in Monroe on Friday, be in New Orleans on Saturday. I'll be back here Sunday. No, we're going to, we're going to do the job the right way. We're going to do things the right way here. We're not going to sabotage the place, knowing, saying that we might not be here. The, the best thing to do, the most professional thing to do, is to do things the right way. Amen, dude. You're spot on. Brennan chimes in on StreamYard. We're streaming live ESPN Lincoln, ESPN Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Facebook, and then Hale Varsity Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. But he says, look, I'm a Jags fan. Bless your heart, Brennan. Uh, yeah, Urban can win at the college level, but was exposed for how he treats players. And also, do we want a coach that doesn't ride with the team after an away loss? Maybe the team didn't want him riding with them. <laughs> but point taken here. To play devil, devil's advocate, Brennan finishes here. One thing I've been hearing over the last five years is we need to get back to the Nebraska way like T.O. did it. I like the thought, but what if the Nebraska way is outdated and doesn't hold up to today's evaluation of the game? Evolution, I should say, of the game. No, the, the, the Nebraska way is being tougher, stronger, faster, and deeper. And just better on the lines of scrimmage. That's the Nebraska way. When I think of the Tom Osborne way, it's, to me, it's, it's the lines of scrimmage. And it's how you guys you got guys ready from the time they walked in to year three of their time in college to 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 step in and crush it on the offensive line. I, I that, see, that to me is the Nebraska way. I, I see his point though in terms of you're in an NIL era, an era of players entitlement. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what we have an era of college football players who are entitled. You are this big time four or five star mm-hmm. kid and you want to get on the field. Part of that Nebraska way is putting team before self and uh, I'm not saying that, that that's not going to work in college football. You need that in college football, but just going and making a carbon copy of the Nebraska way from 1990, I, I see his point not necessarily going to work, and that's why I've been pushing for uh, finding a coach who, who's willing to tear this program down a little bit to its foundation or, or even below and resetting the foundation uh, and, and not having that cloud of the 90s hanging over. You can have a Nebraska way. You mean a, a team that needs to represent the core values of this state. Hardworking. Um, you're not going to let anybody outwork you. Uh, is a big part of, of what this state is. Mm-hmm. It's what the, the state is built on from agriculture to the cities of Lincoln and Omaha mm-hmm. to just about everything. N- Nebraska is a great place to live because nobody's going to outwork you. And then you also have that, that mantra of Nebraska nice. You're, I mean, you're going to put a hand down and, and pick somebody up after you, you, you pancake them and knock them back five yards. You're going to put a hand down and you're going to help them up. And hey, if, help you up and I'm going to do it again. And hey, if, if, you, if you're really kicking them, hey, Maybe you tell them where the play's coming next time. That's, that's a part of that Nebraska market. That's a, that's a part of the Nebraska way, but I don't think the Nebraska way needs to be copying what worked for you in the 1990s. The, the thing to do is get to the point where you're winning enough that the NIL, air quote, entitlement, they want to play for you. They need you more than you need them. And right now you got about three schools that they pick – you might have some NIL going on, but the point is, is they pick who they want. You put up with it because they get you NFL ready, and then you go to the league. Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. Well, I think that's why people are clamoring for Urban, because they can see Urban fitting into that, that post-NIL world where, you know what? He's not been in the NIL world for, I mean, it's he got, he got punted out. But after he's, that Rose Bowl. He's got that same name recognition as the guys who lead those programs in terms of, 
you know what? I don't like this, but I'm going to listen to what this guy has to say because it's Urban freaking Meyer. Sure. And Urban Meyer knows how to put guys in the league. So I'm going to listen to what he has to say, and I'm going to put my pride aside. And, and that's why I understand the appeal of Urban. Totally. Because I, I think he could get results here. I just don't think he's the only guy that can get results here. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't trust him. No, there, there's a lack of trust. Uh, Artez Craig, our old buddy Artez chimes in. Safe travels to you, Artez, across the nation in your uh, big wheel. Uh, hope, fellas, just keep playing hard. It's a tough situation for Joseph, but he'll give it 100. Absolutely, mm. he will. We'll wind down a Tuesday. Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Busy show tomorrow. We'll tell you about good stuff today from Matt Schick and Mitch Sherman. Uh, about five minutes left for you to get in at 466-3776 with Hail Varsity Radio. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time. Hey, it's a road show Friday. We are at the Hail Varsity Club up in La Vista. Four to six Friday. I know there's no game, but... Why not kick the weekend off the right way? Come on by for a beer and a burger before you head to high school football. Loaded uh, slate of ball games for you this uh, weekend up in the Metro, also in Lincoln. But we invite you out. Elijah is getting out of jail. He's going to come with up to the Hale Varsity Club. You uh, you and Will and Connor, you guys, God love you. you uh, it's not forced, but you do a good job of Taking one for the team and staying in studio more times than you'd probably like. Hey, I've got no problem with it's like a, this is my safe space. I'm comfortable in here. Like there, there, there's nothing wrong with me being being in the studio. You are you are very comfortable. I, there. I, sp- I spend more time in here than probably anywhere else. Like I, I'm like you know I, I'm starting to to make it like a room. You know you just need a hanging hammock in there. Little little mini fridge. Ooh, see, I, I've I've had the mini fridge idea before because then I can like stock it up with like waters would actually be really helpful during the show. Um, need just, more than water. <laughs> that's for post game. <laughs> for post game, you crack open something a little stronger than the water. At least based on how the old Phil recently. Jackson Miller light in cigarette for one Elijah Herbal. I'm thinking like some swimsuit models on the walls. Like we could. We so you're, could gonna really, turn, you're gonna turn it into Spicoli's room, aren't you? We could take it from a studio and make it a home. <laughs> you know, walk in. You're gonna have a Hawaiian Ooh, shirt on. A bead door. Something like that. Yeah. But the uh, the Spicoli uh, wallpaper. So, yeah, so we're at the Hale Varsity Club. Uh, that is coming up Friday, 4 to 6, in La Vista, uh, right next to the Embassy Suites and Cabela's. Reminder to get buckled up. Coaches make substitutions during the game to get the best player on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. The DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Email in from Kevin down in Texas. I think we bumped into Kevin in Dublin. And uh, Kevin's like, give me a, a blast from the past. I think Leopold's the best option. Builder ties to the school. Not too big an ego to retain uh, the good uh, pieces of the 
uh, remaining staff. He says O'Brien, NFL guy Campbell, not sold, big buyout. Urban won't stay long, big reach. Winningham, I like him, but I don't think he'll leave at the age of 62. So, all fair points. Good, good take on Whittingham. I, I think he's awesome. Uh, I do. I, I'm, I'm pretty sold on Matt Campbell. I'll, I'll say that in terms of what he has done. At a, p- people forget because of what Matt Campbell has done. People forget of how hard it is to win at Iowa State. People go, "Well, man, he, he's seven and five, eight and four. Well, I know a lot of Husker fans that would kill for seven and five or eight and no, four. Totally. And he's doing it at Iowa State, given the resources of Nebraska. I don't doubt that he's a guy who would find success at Nebraska. Now, if, if you're running into the problem, he can't get o- over that nine and three hump. Cross that bridge when you get there. Sure, I'll, what, I'll, I'll take nine and three right now over three and nine, or potentially one and eleven, two and ten this season. Well, FPI saying it's two and ten. Your your favorite against Illinois, your favorite against Indiana. That is it. Kenny mails in. He thinks O'Brien's a short term guy. I think O'Brien might be a college guy. He wants control, right? And Wally had time in the NFL as a GM and head coach, and went to the playoffs a lot. He also had Deshaun, and he also traded away half the studs. Uh, that were on the Texans that are pretty good players that are big personalities. So he's more of that my way or the highway type mentality. Back at you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production.